the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 7th. Two women were injured Friday in a crash on Highway 54. 31-year-old Kelsey Kelly was driving when the vehicle crossed the center line and sideswiped a vehicle driven by 52-year-old Joyce Thornton. The Sonata skidded off the right side of the road and hit a guardrail, and the Taurus skidded off the right side of the road. Kelly sustained serious injuries. Thornton sustained moderate injuries. Both women were transported by EMS to Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted unanimously to support a resolution in the state Senate to allow a casino on the Osage River. The Resolution Senate Joint Resolution Number 14 represents the first step to allow a casino on the Osage River. The resolution would add the possibility of an additional casino license to the ballot during the next general election. Mayor Newberry is speaking in Jefferson City today in support of the resolution ahead of a Senate vote. With more wind turbines dotting the landscape, the threat to eagles and other birds is an increasing concern. Birds have been hurt and killed after encountering wind turbines. Missouri Conservation has started a new project to try and protect these raptors by tracking their movements in relation to wide energy, wind energy. For more information about the project and more about eagles, you can go to mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got a ton of high school basketball for you tonight, including a big game on Lake TV. Eldon entertains Blair Oaks in a big Tri-County Conference game. You can see it tonight on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show uh, coming right before tip-off. That'll be right around 7.30 on Lake TV. Eldon home to Blair Oaks tonight. Also this evening, 15-5 and five, uh, Versailles on the road to play 15 and 5 Hallsville. They'll tip that off about 8. Ought to be a great game. 9 and 10 Osage at home tonight against Southern Boone, a big conference game, and 11 and 9 Camdenton on the road tonight to play Hillcrest. That'll be a tough game for the Lakers there, having a pretty good season all in all. College basketball tonight, Mizzou back in action at home against South Carolina. The Tigers having a really strong season there, 17 and 6. 
probably a uh, shoe-in to make the NCAA tournament at this point. So uh, need to beat South Carolina tonight. MSU Bears are 12-12. and They'll play tomorrow night at home against Belmont. Super Bowl week got off and running last night with the Super Bowl opening night as the Chiefs and uh, Eagles took on the media and started talking about the big game on Sunday. Philadelphia, a slight favorite to win that. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, including the High School Basketball Coaches Show this week, featuring Hall of Fame coach from Osage, Coach Craig Engelbrecht. You can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on Lake TV every day at 10.02, 2.02, and 6.02, only on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739, 573-378-8739. This is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking, I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, check the schedule at keyradio.live. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key.
This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The The Key. Key. Well, hi there. You are uh, looking good this morning, and uh, hopefully... As you watch us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam, we are looking good as well. Full compliment in the uh, studio. We'll talk with JR and Dave Maupin here shortly and get started with uh, the, uh, I guess, the conclusion to uh, JR's little unfortunate uh, incident there in Mexico. A uh, story we started to uh, tell you about on Friday, but there was a little bit more to it, so we wanted to make sure and get all of that information in. Weather-wise today, let's uh, take a quick peek at the forecast. Right now, 44 degrees in Osage Beach, looking at a high today of 49 with a slight chance of rain. Cloudy and rain developing after midnight, the low of 38. Looks like we could have some rain tomorrow, about a 95% chance. I would say that's a good chance for rain and a high of 45, 53 and partly cloudy on Thursday. Some morning snow showers. It wouldn't be uh, February without a little bit of snow. 36 on Friday. That uh, precipitation chance for Friday at about 50%. And Saturday, sunny and 49, partly cloudy and 57 on Super Bowl Sunday, which is already turning into a big fiasco. I don't know that uh, a whole lot of people really watch much of what's going on the first couple of days, but uh, apparently they've already had some, some issues with some people. But that is to be expected. It's Super Bowl. Super Bowl and all the uh, the crazies hang out there. 8.09 is our time. I want to send a shout-out to my buddy Matthew O'Connell. And Matthew is going to be starting up a, a company called Greenview Equipment Company, Highway 7 between EE and 5, just past Reliable PWC, Farm Implements, Skid Steerer Attachments with tractors and trailers coming soon. So if you know uh, Matt, Welcome him in to the community. He's uh, been a fixture around here forever. He is uh, who I like to refer to as the hardest working man at the lake. He uh, does work uh, hard, very, very hard, as a matter of fact. And so congratulations, Matthew. Continued success, my friend. And uh, as I said, you're going to tear him up. 8.10 is our time. Dave Bompin is here. Of course, we normally talk to Dave on Fridays. You are planning on coming back Friday, aren't you? Uh, yeah, sure. It's t- yes, yeah, sure. It's, it's still kind of up. I'm, in the- I'm available. You remember, you remember uh, the Dogwoods thing you got cooking? Yeah, I don't have a lot. Yeah, of, and, uh, among the Dogwoods, of- that's that's why we bring him in. Not a lot of commitment. And, and I don't know if you've, uh, you've listened to him on Fridays at all. I'm sure you have. Of course, uh, he tells some incredible stories from his days with the LAPD. I know. I mean, some great stories. Mm-hmm, Stuff do. that you could write a book about. Most mostly true. Mostly true. Stories from the LAPD. Well, I had a lot of questions about my experience that I thought he could probably answer. Yeah, I expected to get more texts, but I guess you didn't have your phone, so. (laughs) (laughs) No. I did shoot a lot of texts out when I was, before I went into the, before they took my phone away for two weeks, I I, kind of constructed a little narrative of what happened. Uh Did you want to get to the weather before I? I'm done. Okay. Well. JR is here, as you can (laughs) tell. I was just, uh. It was just getting ready to uh, introduce you and let folks know again on uh, Friday we had uh, the conversation where initially we found out what happened when you were coming back to the United States and got uh, caught up in the uh, Mexican version of the TSA um, and then ended up in jail and eventually went to uh, prison. It was uh, a pretty daunting experience to say the least and so we wanted to give you an opportunity to come back and thank you by the way to both of you for coming back in here uh, this morning and uh, and telling us a little bit more about the experience if you're just joining us uh, JR got caught up in Mexico 
and uh, had a very unfortunate experience when he was going through the uh, uh, the process of leaving the country. Uh, they found a, a magazine in your briefcase, and it did contain uh, some ammunition, but uh, only one of the uh, particular bullets in question was a hollow point, right? Am I right with that? I think that I, uh, if it was all full metal jacket, I probably would have done three days in the federal jail and that would have been it. Uh-huh. But that hollow point, that yeah. put me in the pen. That's right. And I should have been Kyle Bush. Did you hear this? I got four text messages last night about 8 o'clock. Kyle uh-huh. Bush ex- ran into the exact same thing. He had a, did you, did you he- see it? I've heard about this happening to people. I hadn't heard about this particular thing. Yeah. Google it, Bernsey. Kyle Bush, uh, exact same thing happened to him a week later. Same, same airport. Same jail. So he almost didn't make the race, is what you're telling me. Yeah, they let him race. I don't know what was different. <laughs> well, I, I, I think... I, I don't know what's different. I mean, obviously, <laughs> he's got a lot more pesos. <laughs> they probably uh, wanted to make sure he was there for that, and and, and, and no uh, ifs, ands, or buts. Maybe they figured but. the NASCAR crowd might actually invade Mexico if they didn't get him to that race. There's danger of that happening. <laughs> well, they did have the very first race in uh, in California, in L.A., at the uh, Coliseum, so there was a good possibility some of that may have spilled over the border. Mm. So we want to pick up your story where we left off on uh, on Friday, and uh, we were actually just kind of talking about uh, moving from, from uh, the federal jail to the, uh, I guess, federal penitentiary. So um, <clears throat> when I'm in the, the federal jail, I wanted to back up a little bit to that Saturday when I was taken to that federal jail because there's something I didn't say last Friday and that was that while I still had my phone knowing they would take it from me the minute I went into the the holding cell I was I I, I went ahead and told the story and I let everybody at KRMS know and I let uh, everybody at Topsider know I let everybody at the villages know and I sent it to Nate Rennie because I wanted to make sure that the truth was out there and I figured Nobody's going to have my back better on Facebook than Rennie. Sure. So I made sure he knew the truth of the matter. And I, that, was, that was why I did it. And that's, that's a lot of why I came in Friday was to make sure that, you know, haters are going to hate. Right. right? And I wanted to um, let everybody know that exactly what happened. If, if you think I, I'm a bad guy or did something wrong, then that's on you. But the, the, the messages, the text messages I've got... I can't, I'm not even going to start saying who all has sent me really, really, really good text messages and calls because it's, it's a lot of people. And so I, I feel very, very good about it. So did you get some negative text messages? <clears throat> Were there people that sent you negative text messages? One person said he was glad I was in jail. Uh, it didn't say it to me. He said it to a friend. And um, I'm not going to tell you who it was. I, when I heard that, I, I put a call into him. He didn't answer. He swiped me over to voicemail, and I texted him to call me. Still uh, no word from him, <laughs> and so I'm not doing anything with that right now. Maybe he didn't anticipate you'd be getting out as quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe any... he didn't expect a phone call. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to, you know, anyway, that's, that's a different topic. Maybe we can discuss that over scotch. Yeah, we'll put that in the re- revenge <laughs> call. <Not> me, thanks. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to go ahead and tell you what, what was motivating me to uh, send that text message and to be on the radio to um, just basically to try to take control of the narrative, basically, is what I'm doing. Make sure that uh, the story that uh, people are hearing is uh, from the source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that right. makes sense. Well, yeah, it's because, you know, Facebook or is just a it's a cesspool sometimes 
So anyhow, um, last, where, last time we left off, I had been taken to the penitentiary. I had the manacles on my ankles and the, uh, the bracelet, if you will, and a chain connecting the two and was marched into the uh, backside of the prison, into the security, but between the garage and the, and the uh, basically it's like a checkpoint before you go into the prison. It's, in, it's, it's within the prison, but there's kind of like an administrative side and then the, the population side. So I go to that checkpoint, and um, they tell me to take off my shirt. I've got my Chico's Dive shirt from Puerto Vallarta, and I've got my, my blue jeans, basically the stuff I was going to wear on the flight home. Mm-hmm. On the airplane, I had the jeans on already, because I know when I get to St. Louis, it's going to be cold. So um, they say, you know, here's your new outfit, and it's tan. It's a, it's a tan shirt and tan pants, and the tan pants fall completely down off of me. So they're like 10 sizes too big that it fit you well, Bernsey. But they... Um, hey, so, thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, you too. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> they'd have fit you okay, David. Well, it's one size fits all, right? That's how it works. So they went straight to my ankles. <laughs> I was like, you know, they don't speak English. And he's like, you know, tough. So I'm, I'm pretty much holding up my pants now. Right. You know what they give me to secure it somehow? The plastic bag my shirt came in. There you go. This is what you can use. It's a belt. As my belt. <laughs> Wow. And um, so he says, now take down your, your drawer, your, your underwear. So I drop him all the way to my ankle, and he's like, no, just halfway down to my knee, basically checking. I guess, David, you know that people sneak stuff in through sure. their undergarments. So there was that. So um, I'm back. Uh, I think anything you would have tried to have snuck in would have come out probably a lot sooner, if you know what I'm saying, just from the totally. experience. There's no question. Remember I talked about having a night mask over my eyes? Uh-huh. I had that in my pocket. I had meant to put that in my underwear, but I put it in my pocket. And by virtue of it being in my pocket, I was able to keep it. If it had been in my underwear, correct me if I'm wrong, it would have been gone. This is not a good searching technique these guys are using. <laughs> they're not going into your pockets, but they're, they're basically just looking I'm at the clothes. I'm sure I was padded down. <laughs> they didn't ask me to take off all my clothes so far, and, I'm and not jump impressed. up and down. <laughs> And so um, I am taken to my first cell, and basically every eye, it seems like at least, every eye is on me. And there's a, everybody's out. Everybody's out of their cells in the GP. And so I'm taken to, first of all, these cells are in, within a locked area themselves. It's like, the, it's not A. A is the murderers. I don't know what, what's, what's, what a block it would be. Mm-hmm. It's not relevant. But there's like five cells that are all facing the soccer field, and the A cell's on the other side of that, which is where the murderers are. And so we don't have any interaction with those guys. So um, I spend all of, you know, Tuesday I woke up in this federal jail. I've been to uh, the courthouse, and now I'm at the penitentiary. And I'm very happy. This is very nice. Compared to where I just left, this is a uh, 14 by 14 foot cell. On two walls in the shape of an L is a two by uh, a two foot ledge, two feet off the floor. So uh, there's four or five of us in there. When I go there, there's five of us. So I know I'm on the floor, and one of them ends up leaving. So now I'm on a bench at least. I told you I used a Coke bottle for a pillow, a full Coke bottle under pressure, and I was really glad to have it. And I did have my night mask. So compared to where I had just been, other than not having my Thomas Paine book, I was. 
I was saying, like, I can do this for eight days. This is great because I can see trees now. Before, I couldn't even see outside. I could hear outside. But other than that, my view was concrete or steel. So they're playing soccer outside, and we have running water. They turn on the well once a while, fills a tank that's in the room. It's just like a holding tank, but this has got a bowl on it like a, like a parquet bowl that you're going to use to flush or to shower or whatever. So we, I have fresh water now, which is great. I think, you know, I'm delivered. This is this is heaven. To where I just left. Right. Your expectations are set so low at this exactly. point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I um I was very I'm like as long as I get a book, I can spend eight days in this cell. And and you know the the uh I talked about the tank and the toilet and the uh the sink. Not really the sink, but like a shower pan, if you will. This is behind a couple of stub walls that are up maybe four feet tall. So there's no privacy. But I think you, you get over those hang-ups when you're in this situation. you got to go, you got to go, right? And there's a couple of things that, that I, I look back on. that Whenever we left the Ryu back during my vacation portion of my time, we had gone shopping in this little shopping center, and Jack and I needed to use the bathroom, and we went in there, and there was no, no lid or seat on the toilet. And Jack and I turned around and walked back out, and we're like, not doing that. Well, that would become the norm over the, my last two weeks is never I would see a, a toilet lid or a toilet seat again. <laughs> That's not something you see in Mexican uh, jails and penitentiaries. There's no toilet seats. So, but there is w a lot of fresh water and, you know, they, they're, they're actually, at least in my experience, a clean people. They, they all shower daily, at least in these prisons uh, we, not, I mean, in the in the penitentiary, certainly there was no shower in the jail. I had been. This is now Tuesday night. Saturday morning, I had taken a bath in the room at the Rio. So now I've gone all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day um, Monday, and now it's Tuesday, all day Tuesday. This is basically four full days of me not having a shower or a bath, and so I'm not really ready to take a shower yet uh, in this situation. But I know that that's coming. I'm going to have to. I know it's cold water. I'm not looking forward to it, but I just was, it was a long day Tuesday. I had been to the court and all these things. So um, they came and got me, and every time they would come and get me, they would put me in handcuffs and march me through the GP, out through the security checkpoint, into the administrative side of the, the penitentiary, if you will. And the first trip was to the administrative office. And there's three guys working in there, and they knew a little bit of English. One of them did, the boss, thankfully. So, you know, up against the wall for the photographs, turn left, photograph, turn right, photograph, um, fingerprints. Not just, not just the tips of your fingers. And I went through this at the jail also, but also, like, all of your fingers and the palm and the edges. It's like four sheets of paper. And so... I had to go through that, and then, of course, he's filling out this questionnaire, and we're trying to figure it out because it's in Spanish. And so he's got his computer pulled up, and he's got Google Translate on it. So <laughs> when he's asking me a question, I'm like, I don't know. So he starts just asking these questions and letting me see it on his computer screen in English. And so we're able to fill out the forms. And the guy had a sense of humor, and he knew a little bit of English. And we ended up hitting it off, and it was really good, and, and that, that made it a lot easier. 
Uh, a, a guard had come in who knew some English and was asking me questions. Again, I felt like I could trust this guy. I ended up hitting it off pretty good with these three administrators that were filling out these forms and taking the, uh, prints and photos. And it was going very well. In fact, I was showing them, you know, here, I, I, I keyed in Luxury Lake Realty on my on their computer. And they're like, oh, that's you. What happened, you know? <laughs> and so. Trying to get them to buy a condo, are you? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's good. That's good so it was it always was, a, always a salesman that's so funny i was feeling so much better after three days in in solitary now and and just to be clear too at this point you know that there's a set time that you're going to be in here you're, you've already been advised I'm told it's, like, it's eight days but there's no guarantees right i'm told eight days but anything can go wrong you know there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong right I mean, it's a miracle I walked out of there. Typically, Dave, you get about <clears throat> a week or a week to ten days, and then you can have a bond hearing. Isn't that normally the case? Yeah, or even quicker than that in the U.S. I think. I mean, yeah. you get arraigned within forty-eight hours usually, and then yeah, that's usually when they're going to talk about trying to get you out or not get you out. Right. I think. Well, but this is a completely different say, set of rules. That's what I'm saying, this yeah. is uh, Mexican jurisprudence That's right. we're discussing. That's right. <laughs> I'm also surprised not many of them speak English. Usually, you see more English speaking, but yeah, um, none of the guards ever spoke English. Um, one lady, when I when the paddy wagon backed up to the garage, and we were photographed there, and uh, switched handcuffs, there was one lady that came over that knew English very well, and she was extremely nice. And I was like, "Is this a?" Uh, Excuse me, is this a federal penitentiary, a state penitentiary? What is this? She's like, yeah, it's county jail. Well, I, you know, I think a county jail. I went, I went to visit Michael McSorley in a county jail. I'm, I was thinking, hey, all right, this is great. <laughs> until, I, until I went through the security checkpoint, and now it's this big, giant outside prison. When, when you say penitentiary, you think you're inside, but it was all outside. It's like the mall for all intents and purposes. So your cell opens up into like the soccer field. Correct. There is no cells that open up into a corridor. Every cell is looking outside. So they're kind of around the perimeter of this field, the cells. No, you could probably pull it up on Google Earth, uh, Cancun Central Prison. It's um, it's a lot of buildings and, and a lot of like open areas. Okay. There's, there is a soccer field. There's a basketball court um, with cells on all sides of it on two stories. And there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of just open courtyards, a lot of spaces, because during the daytime, that's when all the bodegas open. I mean, you, if you've got pesos, you can go out and buy, uh, you know, whatever, milk, soda, groceries, anything you would need. I mean, they, they do feed you, but you don't have to eat the prison food if you got money. So you can, like, supplement with whatever you can mm -hmm. buy. Um, you could probably get by on $2.50 a day if, if you didn't, if you only ate just regular, you know, one supper a night, you could. Now, if you doubled that, then you'd, you know, a water's going to be a dollar. A liter of water would be a dollar, so, or 20 pesos. Um, there's two liter bottles of soda. And are these people, are these people civilians that are selling it, or these other inmates? Inmates. That are okay. Inmates. But you don't really want to go out there and flash your cash too much, do you? Uh, you see, you see, uh, um, pesos moved a lot. It's mm -hmm. not like they whip out a big wad and pull one off. It's mm -hmm. just like they'll reach in their pocket and pull out a fifty peso, or twenty, or a hundred, or just whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's twenty to one. So if I say twenty pesos, it's a dollar. It's just funny because, like in a U.S. prison, money is like a big no-no. Yeah. Like you are not allowed to have any U.S. currency on you at all 
in a prison. You have like credit, don't you? Yeah, you might have stuff on your books, but like for them on a search to find money on a prisoner in the U.S., that is a huge issue because you're talking about bribery of guards. There's all sorts of things that that can mean. So that will usually create a complete lockdown for a housing unit if they find even a $20 bill on somebody. You're not supposed to have any cash. Yes. So this is this is a lot different. And again, I need to reiterate, it's so much better than than the this, the federal. I, unless you tell me it's different, I, it was a shock cell, but it was solitary to me for two days. And so your uh, your your roommates, cellmates, how are they? They're awesome. Okay. One of them speaks English. Perfect. He's from Laos, and um, he was great. So he's back. he's also a foreigner. Uh huh. He was. He actually um, has a ranch there, and he was in there on murder charges. Um, and he was cool. He's like, "It's all good. I didn't do it, and uh, I'll be out of here." And had a great outlook, super great outlook. In fact, he's like, "You want anything to eat?" Because he knows I don't have any money. I just got there. I can't come in with anything except my white shoes. So he buys me. He again, the guard uh, has locked us in this cell. And so you can give money to the guard, and he'll bring you food. But the vendors and the bodegas, they're not in this block. This is like lockdown. This is called the punishment cell. I thought it was my permanent cell. So I go in there, and he's like, you want something to eat? I'm like, oh, anything. You know, I haven't eaten anything decent in, in, in several days. So uh brings me a hot dog. The guard brings me a hot dog. And it's so good. It's the best hot dog I've ever had in my life. It cost 100 pesos. And my friend from Laos just paid for it. and said, don't mention it. I'm like, well, great. Thank you very much. It didn't come back to haunt you, did it? No. The, <laughs> the guard, um, after I left the administrative thing, he took me back in there. And that's when now my Laotian friend is in there. And we're, we're talking, and I'm asking him all these questions. How many people are in here? You know, how long are you here? What are you here for? All these questions. I'm just always so curious about all these things. And he's the only guy I've talked to since I got there since, you know, the, of all of – it's not the only guy, but it's whenever somebody's speaking English, you're really, really happy to hear that because if they had all spoken Spanish, I was basically alone. You know, they were going to be talking Spanish. I wouldn't know what they were talking about. I didn't have a book. So I was really, really, really glad to meet this guy. They come and get me again. Oh, let me back up to the administrative thing. I'm, I'm, I'm in the administration office, and we're kind of hitting it off and yucking it up, and, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I said, I need a book. I need a book. They took my book. I don't have a book. You know, is there a library? And they're like, yeah, we got a library. And I said, is there any English books in it? And he's like, yeah, we got English books. And I'm like, can this guard take me there now? And he's like, yeah, he can take you there now. And I'm like, oh, thank heaven. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If I can have a book, I just learned this in solitary. If I can have a book, I can survive anything. So the guard comes and gets me. I don't think he likes me because he takes me back to the cell and locks me in. I'm like, what about... <laughs> You know, libro, libro, <laughs> the Spanish word for book, libro. Sure. And he's like, later, 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 you know, later. Right now he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So I fall asleep in there, and uh, they wake me up and says, come on. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to go to the library at night. This is probably between 10 and midnight. Again, I got no idea what time it is. I just know it's dark. So he comes and get me, and he puts me in the handcuffs and, and takes me to the door and unlocks it and goes through the door. Now I'm back out in the GP area, but there's nobody out there because everybody at like probably 6 o'clock at night gets locked in their cells. So I think I'm going to the library, but he takes me to up these stairs to a cell, 
and unlocks it and puts me in there. And there's 12 guys in there. And they've all got their bunks. This is their cell. This is where they live. And there's a fan running. It's like a, it's like an attic fan, but it's on the wall. And it's just running and blowing, blowing air through there. And it, it just seems like heaven on earth to me. Because this is Cancun, right? This isn't, <laughs> you know, it's You've warm. got 80 plus degree weather, mm-hmm. close to 90. Yeah. And humidity. Yeah. And I'm like, and, you know, take a shower, take a shower, take a shower, take a shower. And I'm like, wow, okay. That's great. That sounds good. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy just brought me here for a shower. So I take the shower, and it's great. It's really nice. And I, I do realize that I, I do stink. After four days, I, I, I stink pretty bad. And they're all telling me to take a shower, and, and the, the guards brought me here specifically to take a shower. And I'm so thankful. I think he's doing me a favor. So I go in there, and I take the shower, and I put my, <clears throat> my issue clothes back on. It's all I have to my name right now. And um, I come out, and they're playing... They're playing uh, soccer, like FIFO soccer on their PlayStation. And so I sit down and start watching that. And they're like, hey, come over here and, and um, do these dishes. And I'm like, okay. I, I took a shower. It's the least I can do. I'll do your dishes. So I do the dishes and I go back to watching soccer. And I'm waiting for this guard to come and get me. And um, he never does come by. I'm just sitting there by the door watching the gate, if you will. It's not really a door, it's a gate. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm just watching for him to come and get me. And I'm trying to watch soccer and watch for him at the same time. And they're like, hey, come in here and wash out this shower. I'm like, well, okay, you know, I, you let me take a shower. I suppose that this is a fair trade. I'm going to clean your shower now. And the shower is, let's say it's the size of the studio, uh, but they've got a lot of water stored in it because they have running water. Obviously, I took a shower, but they never know when they're going to lose it. So they've got like 20 of these five-gallon jugs of water stored up. And so to wash the shower, I have to move them. And they're <laughs> obviously, they're pretty heavy. So I have to move them twice, you know, to get behind them. Again, these people are clean people. And I would learn that you would, te- you would shower at least once a day. Preferably twice. And um, so I, I, I go ahead and wash the shower, and um, I go back to watching soccer, and they're like, hey, come over here and do these other dishes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do these other dishes, but then that's it. All I did was take a shower. You know, I took a shower. I'm grateful. Thank you for that, but I'm not your slave. I'm going to do these, and then that, I don't want to hear more about it. And they're, they're speaking to you in English. Some of them know well, enough English. Or, yeah. You know, there's 12 guys in here. And this cell is 10 by 20, and it's got bunks in it. When I say bunks, it's, it's a you know, three-inch slab of concrete hanging off the wall, two feet high, and then another one probably five and a half feet high. Yeah, five feet high, let's say. And so, and they're stacked. So you have, I, uh, there's, there's two, four, six, eight, ten cells. So 13 guys, ten cells, three are on the floor. Well, guess who's number 13, Right. I didn't realize at the time, but this was where I was from now on. At this point, I think I'm just dropped off for a shower. So I go and wash the dishes again. I'm like, okay, that's it. I go back to watching soccer and waiting for the guard to come and get me. And they're like, okay, now you sweep. And I'm like, I'm not sweeping. I'm not a slave. And they're like, they were pretty much all 12 looking at me. You sweep. And I'm like, guys, I'm not a slave. I took a shower. I'm grateful. I'm just waiting for my ride. And they're like, 
this is this is basically when the knife is pulled on me. They're like, "You're gonna sweep," and so I thought. This is when I had a, a moment of in, of inflection. I, I really I really thought about. It. I argued for a little bit. David, every cell has a maracho, which is the boss, and every cell block has a boss, and then the prison has a boss. Well, I'm in this cell, and the maracho is telling me, you know, you're going to you're going to sweep, and then you're going to mop. And you're going to do what we tell you. I said, I am not a slave. I walk with Jesus Christ and no man is a slave. And I'm not your slave. You know, get over it. And he goes, if you don't do what I tell you, you're going to get beat up really bad. And I'm like, sitting here thinking, you know, here I am. This is not my game. This is their game. <clears throat> you want to die on this hill? Do you want, I mean... I, I have no doubt that you could never be found or heard from again. And everybody that you know is going to wonder what happened to you. And, and, I, and I remember my credo, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And I certainly didn't want to get gigged. <laughs> it hurts to get hurt. And I'm like, so you can be a slave for eight days and go home. Or you can argue that you're not a slave and probably never be heard from again. So I grabbed the broom. I said, I'm going to be the best cleaning lady you've ever had. And I went to sweeping. And I swept. And I swept in places they'd never had swept in a while. And swept. And then the next thing was I mopped. I mopped the whole entire floor. What I didn't realize was this was my new cell. And I was number 13. Little man on the totem pole. Yeah. So I was the slave. I literally was. So... I would sweep and mop the cell twice a day. Um, I would do all the dishes. I would wash the shower twice a day. And that was my lot in life. And I thought, okay, this still is still better than solitary confinement. You know, at least now I got decent food because, you know, these guys have nothing better to do than learn how to cook. It's three meals a day. And in this place with 12 men, there was three shifts of supper and three shifts of breakfast and three shifts of, of lunch. So... There was always food going on, so there was always dishes. And now, there's a kitchen set up, too? They can cook? and They have food? a hot plate. Okay. I don't know if they're legitimately allowed to have a hot plate. I, I suppose they are. Uh, but they, they have one by whatever means. But I'm still thinking this is still better than solitary confinement, and it's still better than that last cell I was in because I got this fan and real running water. Mm -hmm. And this fan, to me, is just like... The bee's knees. Yeah, you're really beginning to learn to appreciate the small things. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll tell you, when you're praying for your pillow, thanking God for a pillow, you realize how far you fall. Sure, yeah. It makes you appreciate things. <laughs> I mean, thank, thank you, God, for this pillow. Thank you for these glasses. You know, just... Maybe that is why they put you in that one cell in the beginning, because it just sets your expectations so low that then after that, you're like... Well, oh. and I think it's also a test. You know, they're going to test you. They're going to push you just to see how far they can push you and what they can get away with. And if you comply, you're uh, you're going to be in good shape. And if not, well, you might come out of there in a body bag yeah, and or it sounds, not at all. And it sounds like your cell boss wasn't messing with you. He was just saying, no, this is the job that you're I did not understand do. the hierarchy. Right. Whoever, whoever uh, 12 was before you got there probably breathed a, uh, a big sigh of relief <laughs> saying, now we got a new guy in here that's going to take care of all this. Well, exactly. 12 was the trainer. Uh -huh. 
and I and I was the trainee, and sure. it was us. It was the two of us. And I would say it was actually number eleven who was happy to see number mm-hmm. thirteen. And he's hoping to get to ten because then he can get on a bunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first that that first night in that cell, I was on the floor. I had no blanket. I had no pillow except my shoe. I used a shoe for a pillow that night, and I put my arms inside my new shirt. And I froze, and I did not sleep because that fan made it really windy in there. And everybody who had a bed uh, was behind a curtain and probably on a pad and under blanket or blankets. And uh, probably pretty good sleeping, Uh, but not me. There was two other of us on the floor, you know, probably 13 and 12 were on the – or 12 and 11 were on the floor as well. But they had blankets. They had pillows. But they didn't have, well, they might have had pads. I guess they were on blankets, so still better. Remember, I hadn't slept the night before either uh, because they were pouring concrete outside the solitary at the federal jail. So that's two nights in a row I haven't slept. So um, I didn't sleep that second night either. It was absolutely miserable. I used a shoe for a pillow, and that's not, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. So the next day comes, and I get up, and... Um, the first thing we do is we sweep and mop the floor. These guys are actually clean freaks. And, um, you know, I'm doing the dishes. I'm I'm doing the shower again. But now I have another job, and that is to go get food. Because, excuse me, because two or three times a day, everybody heads to GP, and they're putting out food. And the breakfast was some sort of a sort of a soup. I don't know what it was. I just saw hot, you know, chunks of hot dog floating in it and it was it looked really really disgusting to me. And they also gave out tang and I think they gave out like rolls at lunch. So my job now, I had a new job was to go stand in that line and uh all of the uh, the harassment from from all the other inmates looking at me and telling me to shave because the Mexicans love to shave. They they either no no facial hair or extremely manicured facial hair. And I just had a a plain old beard like you have now, Dave. It was, it was not up to standard, so I'm being told to shave. You know, geez, you're really taking shots at us today. Yeah, First KB with the green guy. <laughs> hey, that's that's how my face generally looks. I'm not attacking you. I'm just giving you an example. He just knows I have the waist to fill those pants. <laughs> not necessarily that I have a big waist, but one that will fill those pants. Keep, hold oh, them up well, on their own without the use of a plastic bag as a well, belt. Apparently, I have the beard of a homeless man. So, okay. I'm content to go. Good to have you back, JR. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm content to go and just be in the cell and not, not interact with anybody else. I've met... Out of 12 guys, I like six of them. Six of them I don't like. I think they'd stab me if they could. Uh, not that they would, but I don't think they had any, any endearment to me. Uh, and the other, some of them were just absolutely salt of the earth, and I loved them, sincerely. Um, but I didn't want to go out in the GP if I didn't have to, but I was forced to on these occasions to go get food. And, and they send you out with one-gallon pails. You're going to come back with something. Afternoon trip, I'm going out, and I bring back a gallon of coffee plus other things that I can't identify. One thing you got every time you went out in a pail was four-inch tortilla skins, a a, a full gallon of them. I mean, there must have been a hundred every time because these people eat them with everything. So there's always, and they got a stockpile, and they're doing stock rotation and all that. And so that's always every meal. So there's always like a food and a liquid and the, the skins, always. So this is this is my new lot in life. This is what I'm going to be doing for eight days. So 
that first morning I get a visit from the agent to the the big cheese, the Maracho Maracho Maracho. And so he um he's got a an enforcer with him and they bring me outside the cell and we're sitting there outside the cell and he said, So you understand how it works. You're going to so far you've just been um working inside but during the hours when you're not working in there, basically all daylight hours, you're going to be out here working um, from now on, sweeping, mopping, uh, hauling trash, working in the sewer, um, painting, just whatever we need to be done. Or you can pay. And I'm like, okay, so tell me what's the deal here? And he said, well, it's 50,000 pesos and you get a bed. And I'm like, okay, is there a bed here in this cell? He said, no, we would move you to a different cell. I said, I really like these guys. Um, how much if I, I just don't have to work but don't get a bed? And he said, well, then it's 40,000 pesos. I said, okay. And so I started asking him a lot of questions. I said, I don't mean any disrespect, but this is extortion. He said, yeah, it is, but that's how it works. You know, we're capitalists. I'm like, okay, well, that's one definition of capitalism, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he goes, but yeah, I, I know what you're going through because this is exactly what I went through when I came, when I first came here. And forty thousand pesos, what's that going to be in U.S. dollars? Two thousand bucks. Okay. Two thousand. So bucks. it's not chump change. I mean, this is a significant amount of money. Well, everything's relative. That's right. I'll leave it at that. But I knew I was going to do it. Um, so I said, well. Are you sure there's not like a bunk in here? He said, well, there is a bunk in there, but the guy who had it had a cell phone, and he's in the Punisher cell, and he's not coming back for a week and a half. Now, remember, when you're in jail, you don't tell anybody how long you're going to be there. If they hear you're in and out, they're not going to – they probably assume, but you don't tell them. Mm -hmm. That was one thing – one bit of advice that Miguel Rosales told me was don't ever tell anybody how long you're in because you might – you know, they – if they think you're going to be there for a while, that's one thing. But if they think you're in and out, they're kind of going to resent you, right? right. Also, they might rush to shake down as much money as they can get. I was going to say they're going to milk you for all your work. Right. So I um, start making arrangements to get the money moved. But I, I, I also know that he is he's influential, and he speaks English, and he seems very amicable. So I'm asking him a lot of questions about general things and just trying to keep the conversation going and endear myself to him. And um, it was time that was well spent in my estimation because I'll tell you later why, but I just wanted to really visit with him. And I was very nice and, and you know, smiling and, and just kept asking him questions like I would interview somebody on the radio. You know, just curiosity was just flowing. It's like, you know, how many people are in here and, and all these questions, can we do this and what time is this and all these, all these questions. And so ultimately I make the phone call to, to get the money going. And that was, that was a, a call to Vicky and, um, <clears throat> I called back to find out what's going on with that, and she said, well, I told her, I said, get a hold of Gary Cummins, get a hold of Jacob Nushi, and tell him why I'm not making my payments, right? And so when she called uh, Jacob Nushi at Sullivan Bank, he's like, you know, I'm sending the money right now. Just tell me where to send it. 
So I had a wire information for a, a bank in Sugarland, Texas. And so um, he tried to make that payment and needed an address. And so I uh, had to end up call, call, you know, Vicky back again, say, where's the money? They don't have it yet. Where is it? Well, they need an address. So, okay, uh, you know, we'll call him Harry. Where's the ad- what's the address? Well, they weren't going to produce that address. He says, well, then can we have a, a, a bank in Texas or in Mexico? And he's like, no. So we start brainstorming on other ways to get the money in. Like I said, everything seems like it's the first time ever. Right. Almost always, it always just seemed like it was the first time. And um, so Jacob Nushi is saying, well, what about PayPal or what about fa- uh, Cash App? And, and coming up with all these ideas on a way to transfer money. And, and Harry's like, well, Western Union would work. And so I got, I got Jack on the phone. Western Union, he's trying to get in, and Western Union doesn't recognize the name of the bank. You figure Western Union, they send money all over the world. That's what, that's what Harry couldn't figure out. He's just like, um, and it's not, his name's not Harry. I'm just, I'm not, I was told what's, what happens in here stays in here, and I'm going to respect that. Mm-hmm. There's certain things you're not going to hear me talk about for my own safety and for my family's safety. So the names are changed. <laughs> so um, we finally decide to go ahead and use um, PayPal. So PayPal is, is, a, is a way to send money if you buy something on eBay. The problem is that the sender has a, a privilege of resending the money if the goods or services aren't what they, the buyer expected. So that money's out there, and, and he comes around like that morning and says, okay, the money's there, you're good, the problem is you've got a problem. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to be out, outside sweeping and mopping and, and hearing the word gringo a million times and all this. And he says... He needs to release that money. So, long story short, Jacob can't release the money. So he's, he, he has a letter notarized that says he uh, relinquishes the money. And that's not good enough. The money's sitting there. And so PayPal finally responds and says, okay, go back and try again. There should be a relinquish button there. That you know, I'm satisfied with the goods and services now. And so that happens. However, PayPal still holds on the money for like three or four more days. So we open up a new front. Again, now Topsider sends that money, and by then they've come up with a bank in Mexico. So Topsider sends the money to the attorney, Miguel, just like we had done the money for the $12,000 for the attorney and the plea bargain and the, the court costs. So he sends that money to my attorney again, who then uh, is able to wire it that night to a Mexican uh bank account and and it's a lot different in mexico you know what he needed he needed to know the name of the bank and the account number and that was it mm-hmm. no names no addresses no nothing so that money gets in and now guess what i'm in a bunk i don't have pad and 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 i i shortened that story down to five minutes but it actually ended up taking like three days right it was it was such chaos i was just going crazy but they were they were taking me at my word that the money was coming so they they let me borrow that bunk that in that existing cell they let me borrow it because because harry took me at my word had seen that i was trying knew the money was coming so he told the maracho in that cell the money's coming. Let him borrow that bunk. So they did. Now, that put me behind a curtain. 
but they took all his stuff and, and, and stacked it over in the corner of that bunk, and I wasn't going to touch it. It was somebody else's stuff. So I wasn't on a blanket. I wasn't under a blanket. I was just behind a curtain now. I didn't have a pillow. Uh, my attorney, uh, that first, second day I was in there, brought me some things. I had, I had yellow shorts, yellow shirts, um, three pairs of underwear, and a roll of toilet paper. The toilet paper would be my pillow. Excuse me, four rolls, and not like big four Charmin rolls. It's like you ever seen like RV mm-hmm. toilet paper? It's not big. <laughs> it, was, it was a great pillow, though. It's because it goes in an RV. <laughs> trying to conserve space. It was a great pillow, and I was very, 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 very glad to have it. So I'm up off the floor now, and I'm not shivering. Let me ask night. you a question real Is quick. There? Yeah. Okay, sure, so it's eight fifty-two. You want to stick around? You have time to stick around after the hour starts? Because um, I don't. It's think your call. Well, it's, it's entirely it's, up to you. You can do that. I mean, because I don't it's think up we're going to get. Bernsey, you drive this ship. Um, I'm going to tell you I have a ten o'clock meeting in the villages, and we're going to be drinking at Encore tonight. Well, I can't. I'm on probation, but I told Paisley I'd buy him a drink. <laughs> yeah, I got a commission meeting at ten, but I can stay till around nine thirty. Yeah, well, there we go. We'll keep you over if you want to. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And, and and again, if you guys got questions, I know that. Oh yeah, no, I'm just I'm I'm letting you go because yeah. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm up off the floor, but I don't have a pad. I don't have a blanket. I don't really have a pillow other than a you know a four pack of small toilet paper. So, um, sleeping on concrete is new to me. I don't recall ever sleeping on concrete. Maybe I have, but concrete floor in your house. You told me that story. Even then, I was on a cot, probably. Right. Because, Dave, I, we built our own house, Vicky and I, at night and on weekends. And it, it took a while. And there for a while, we were sleeping on the on the floor until, you know, we brought... Long story. I thought maybe you were in trouble. Doesn't matter. So so that's what Bernsey's alluding to. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, I don't have a big butt. Uh, evidently, I got no butt because I'm lying on my back and pretty soon... It's hurting real bad. Um, the skin at my tailbone is is getting pinched, and so sleeping like this is like a rotisserie. You have to turn over a little bit and try to find somewhere else, you know, to uh, put your weight. And this goes on through the night, and it's not good sleep. It's quite miserable. You sleep for a little bit, and then you kind of wake up in pain, and you got to move, and you got to kind of turn over, and it's not good sleep. Now, these guys that are on the floor, I think they're on pads or they're used to it or whatever, but this is this is new to me. I'm not used to sleeping on it. So um, I'm talking with Harry, and they're setting up a new bunk for me in his cell. His cell. This was not an easy cell for, for me to go because I was, in, I, was, I was liking some of these guys I was with, but there was I was number 13 there. And in the new cell, first for starters, the very first night, I was done doing chores. Once that first money showed up in PayPal, even though it hadn't been relinquished, I did, that, I'd already done my last chore. I had no more chores to do. So I was already better off. But I was still struggling with good sleep and having a bunk and having, having you know, just even a, a sheet or a blanket would have been great. I didn't have any of that. So at I, that point, your trainer had to go back to doing all the jobs again? Exactly. So number 12, this was a bad day for him. It was. He suddenly was well, back. He had to know it was coming. <laughs> he had to know it was coming. But I'm, uh, I'm not sleeping well. I don't have any blankets. So I have extra shirts now. And I'm putting my arms in these shirts. And he brought me a towel as well for my shower. So now I've got a towel for my legs. I'm kind of making do mm-hmm. with a blanket 
of, of a homemade blanket, you know, the towel over my legs, and my arms are just basically tucked into a shirt, and I'm on, my head's on a roll of toilet paper, and I'm, I'm rotating through the night. And that's, that's the extent of it. I've got other shirt and underwear I'm, I, I put under my head to kind of make it a, a little bigger pillow. But this goes on for two or three nights. And he's like, I think you might want to come down to our cell because we have, we have a chef. Uh, we got a, a, a cell for you. It's got a pad. It's got a fan. It's got a curtain. Um, we have a servant. You're not going to have to do anything. You won't even have to go out to get your own food. And I went down and looked at it. And, and this is a 10 by 10. It's a lot smaller, and there's eight of us. But I have a bunk, and in fact, I'm over the Maracho. I'm not just over the I'm over the Maracho of of as far as I can tell, the prison. I'm in I'm in with the the big dogs. And they've got a chef. Yeah, well. And a servant. This is like good fellows, like when they're in the prison and the mafia guys are like making spaghetti sauce. And he's cutting the garlic <laughs> with a razor blade of all things in a prison. That's right. So when you ask me Friday, did I eat well? The answer is I put on a pound and a half. Oh, man. <laughs> and they, they, these guys are really good cooks. They have a, not much else to concern themselves with, so they all become pretty good cooks anyway. But the, the big cheese uh, made sure that he had the best cook in the entire penitentiary. Now, when you made this payment to get in there, is that just once, or is this a yeah, recurring that, that was payment? one of my questions to Harry. Is this, uh, how often is this? And it was a one-time deal. Hmm. Whether you're in here for a week or a decade, this is, this is it, just once. Yeah, good question. That was my question, too. Right. So I, I did move down to that new cell. So I spent three nights in the first cell and five nights in the last cell. And... Once I met Harry, he was taking me around and showing me stuff. And once the money had gone through, I said, now can I finally go to the library? And he's like, yeah. And we made a beeline to the library. And there was three full shelves of books in English. And I saw Charles Dickens. And it was Oliver Twist, A Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, and Christmas Carol. And I grabbed that book and checked it out immediately. Basically because I always wanted to read Tale of Two Cities. And because it was three inches thick, and I thought, now I'm going to have a, a little bit taller pillow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I w my nose was in that book. It was in the book for two solid days in the first cell and the, the last, frankly, four full days in the second cell. And I was just constantly reading. And um, I, my nose was always in the book. And I had my own bunk. I was sitting there on a pad, my head on, basically my folded towel. And um, I did pay 180 pesos to get a blanket. It was really heavy, and I, and I never used it more than once. I actually just kind of folded it up and used it as a pillow because it got a little bit warmer in those latter days, and I didn't really need a blanket. I had the fan on me, and I, the thing about fans is I, I pack them in my suitcase. I, we had fans at the Ryu down in Playa Car because of the noise. I love sleeping to a fan. So that first night in the punishment cell, it was quiet. Well, it wasn't quiet. I take that back. There was people on either side, and they were yucking it up through the night. And my Laotian friend told me, he says, you're not going to sleep here because they just do this through the night. They're howling and, and screaming and yucking it up and carrying on and, and just making all, all sorts of ruckus. And it was true, but having not slept that night before, I was able to fall asleep probably for four or five minutes before they whisked me off to the new cell. 
So, so when you were there, did you see like it sounds like everything works pretty well and there's a system, but was mm -hmm. there? Do you see like violence or mm -mm. anybody? Not like at all. Everybody was getting along. Not at all. I will tell you that in my first cell, um, the Maracho did not speak any English, and he was definitely the boss. Everybody did what he said, and he had the, the, the he had access to um, Google Translate, and so he. He typed in a bunch of stuff. He said, there's some rules. What happens in here stays in here, and you're going to shower every day before bed. They want you showering before you go to bed so that the, the cubes stay clean, especially since it wasn't even my cube. He thought the guy was going to be coming back, and I don't know if he did or not. I would later find out through Harry that he probably wasn't coming back. Um, but one of the things he said was, he wants to sleep with you. And... Um, I looked at him and he looked at a guy and I grabbed the communication device and I said, um, you're joking. And he said, no, I, I see how he's looking at you. And that's when I realized that I think that's actually true. I think he did because he was looking at me a lot. Yes, sir. I'm just going to jump in. We'll take a break okay. here. We'll come back and talk some more with uh, JR. Very riveting story. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> kind of leaving us on a cliffhanger here. That's the whole point. That's the whole That's point. That's good radio right there. I wonder how... Uh, when you get back. I wonder how well... Uh, <sighs> I wonder how well... Uh, well stocked that uh, trip's going to be next year. That's right. Nine o'clock on the Midwest Coast. J.R. Dave Moppin, KB. It's the Daily Show on the... Uh, on, on the key. <laughs> The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 7th. Two women were injured Friday in a crash on Highway 54. 31-year-old Kelsey Kelly was driving when the vehicle crossed the center line and sideswiped a vehicle driven by 52-year-old Joyce Thornton. The Sonata skidded off the right side of the road and hit a guardrail, and the Taurus skidded off the right side of the road. Kelly sustained serious injuries. Thornton sustained moderate injuries. Both women were transported by EMS to Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted unanimously to support a resolution in the state Senate to allow a casino on the Osage River. The Resolution Senate Joint Resolution Number 14 represents the first step to allow a casino on the Osage River. The resolution would add the possibility of an additional casino license to the ballot during the next general election. Mayor Newberry is speaking in Jefferson City today in support of the resolution ahead of a Senate vote. With more wind turbines dotting the landscape, the threat to eagles and other birds is an increasing concern. Birds have been hurt and killed after encountering wind turbines. Missouri Conservation has started a new project to try and protect these raptors by tracking their movements in relation to wide energy, wind energy. For more information about the project and more about eagles, you can go to ndc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. 
Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got a ton of high school basketball for you tonight, including a big game on Lake TV. Eldon entertains Blair Oaks in a big Tri-County Conference game. You can see it tonight on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show, uh, coming right before tip-off. That'll be right around 7.30 on Lake TV. Eldon home to Blair Oaks tonight. Also this evening, 15-5 and five, uh, Versailles on the road to play 15 and 5 Hallsville. They'll tip that off about 8. Ought to be a great game. 9 and 10 Osage at home tonight against Southern Boone, a big conference game, and 11 and 9 Camdenton on the road tonight to play Hillcrest. That'll be a tough game for the Lakers there, having a pretty good season all in all. College basketball tonight, Mizzou back in action at home against South Carolina. The Tigers having a really strong season there, 17 and 6. Probably a, a shoe-in to make the NCAA tournament at this point. So uh, need to beat South Carolina tonight. MSU Bears are 12 and 12. They'll play tomorrow night at home against Belmont. Super Bowl week got off and running last night with the Super Bowl opening night as the Chiefs and uh, Eagles took on the media and started talking about the big game on Sunday. Philadelphia, a slight favorite to win that. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, including the High School Basketball Coaches Show this week, featuring Hall of Fame coach from Osage, Coach Craig Engelbrecht. You can see the High School Basketball Coaches Show on Lake TV every day at 10.02, 2.02, and 6.02, only on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573 this is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking. I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, Check the schedule at keyradio.live. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. 
We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. We're right back here now at 908. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Kind of an interesting tale that we've been uh, listening to for the last, uh, well, couple of hours. We uh, spent some time with JR on Friday, and Dave Moppin was with us as well. And Dave and JR are in the studio with us. We uh, talked the last hour with uh, JR being in the, the penitentiary in Mexico, and uh, we've got about uh, about 20 minutes or so before everybody needs to scoot, so we want to get right back into the story and uh, kind of pick things up where uh, J.R. was talking about someone who may have had a little interest in him. <laughs> well, he was one of them who was on the floor, and um, I had not really noticed it until they, he said that, and then I started realizing that his eyes were on me a lot, and... Um, you know, one time I was in there reading, and he he was in there, and it was just the two of us, and he, he uh, I don't know what the look would be, but he's like, you know, you know. Just, I think we're alone now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And I just put my eyes right back in the book without acknowledging him. And um, I'd say it's true what the Maracho said. Um, he wasn't anybody that was, I mean, he's probably my size. He wasn't really a threat. But it was uncomfortable, sure. you know, to make eye contact with him or uh, to, you know, feel in the periphery his eyes on me. And, and so when I was basically, let's call him Harry, wanted me to come to his cell, that was one of the factors mm-hmm. in leaving that cell was I didn't have to deal with that. That would have been the only factor for me. <laughs> I would have been out the door, standing there with my stuff in hand, ready to go. So I'm in a 10 by 20 cell. And there's 13 of us. And I'm going to go to a 10 by 10 cell where there's eight. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot tighter, a lot more confining in the new cell. 
Um, and I will tell you that in both cells, the toilet is always in the bathroom, and there's there's no running water to the toilet, but you have a lot of water stockpiled, you know, open five-gallon buckets with a gallon pail to, to, with which to flush. Right, you pour it in there to flush. Yeah, it. so even though you don't have a lid and a seat, the bowl itself is always perpetually clean. So it's it's really not misery. It's mm-hmm. just not. It, they're very clean people. In the new cell, they wanted showers twice a day. Okay, suits me. You're in a smaller cell, a little tighter. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I'm with, you know, this isn't just the boss of the cell, the boss of the, of the block. Or, this is the boss of the prison, and he's literally below me. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm over his bunk. So I'm super careful not to spill soda or something like that, right. you know, and um, I'm just in, in better company. And now in this, there's enforcers in here. There's a, a servant, a cook, the agent, the maracho, and um, I'm in with the big dogs. This, there's nobody more powerful in this prison. So now I don't feel so bad about going outside <laughs> because... I take my book and sit outside the door there, the gate, and, and uh, enjoy the respect from the passers-by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no longer did I hear the word gringo. Gringo, gringo, gringo. So my tale, it's a lot better at the end than at the beginning. And it's a lot harder on people on the outside, my family, than it is me. Very frankly, it was a lot harder on my family than it was on me. Because I knew what I was up against. They had no idea. Sure. They did not know if they'd ever even see me again. You know? Right. So I want to keep that in perspective. Also, what you said about that trip, I'm not trying to sabotage the trip. I'm just trying to relay my no, no, my no, story no. and accept the truth sure, yeah. on what happened. And, I, I, you know, KRMS has gone to other locations besides Mexico in the past. You know, they've gone to DR and other places. So it's not like there's only Mexico. You know, Jane Kelly shot me a text message, a very long, nice text message. It says, you know... Uh, America has some protectorates that are really, really nice. You know, U.S. Virgin Islands. That's, that's, that's where I go. <laughs> I've also, I, I've gotten, I, I shouldn't have even said that because I've gotten so many from so many people, so many extremely thoughtful. The girls over at Remax have just been great. The girls over at um, Kelly Williams have just been great. Just so many thoughtful text messages. And they just keep coming. I, I shouldn't even start talking about who all I've heard from because... Um, it's just I, w- I won't be able to include everybody. There's no way, and they just keep coming. I'm so grateful and so humbled. Well, um, one of the guys I meet, and and again he goes, you know, in this in this cell we're like bookworms. We're all kind of just reading all day, and um, so it's going to be a lot quieter cell. In the first cell, you know, there was there was a lot of traffic in there. People were coming in and partying and playing playing soccer and all this stuff. It was a lot quieter in the second cell. But there was a guy in there who, a young kid, had no business being in there. He had actually been in one of the federal prisons. Remember, this is a state prison. Quintana Roo is the state that Cancun's in. This This is really just a state prison. But there are some mean, like maximum security federal prisons in Mexico. Uh, There's like three in Mexico City. And I think there's one in Chihuahua, and there's, I think there's one in Oaxaca. And so he had been in one, and he said, this is way better. This is way better. And he was so, he, he, he was really, he, another guy that I think God put in my life was, was this kid. We'll call him Danny. And he, he said something to me on the second day. 
And remember, I had just spent like three days of solitary confinement asking God, what, why, 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 why am I here? Why, why did you put me here? You know, tell me why I'm here. There's got to be a reason. And, you know, I don't remember where it is in the Bible. It's like Proverbs, I think, maybe, that there's a, there's a line that says, lean not on your own understanding, but put your faith in God. He'll guide your path. And so I, I've always, that's always been one of my favorites. I think it's Proverbs 2, 3 or something like that, 2, 3 through 5. And basically it's like, lean not on your own understanding. And it's like, when something happens and I don't understand it, I have to accept it. You know, God has a plan, and you, a lot of times you're not going to know what the plan is. And I knew this was that situation. I'm in this prison, and I think it's the end of the world, but God did it for a reason. Has it manifested yet? I don't know. But what he said... I just thought it was just unbelievable. He said, and this is the next day after I kind of told him what happened. And, and he's a young kid. I mean, he, I know he wasn't 30 years old. But he was basically my servant, or our servant, not mine, but ours. You know, he's, he's always like, anything you need, just tell me. I'll go get it. You know, here, 50 pesos, go get me this, right? Not that I took advantage of it, but he said, this is the second day after he met me, and I told him what happened. He goes, you know... I think God did not want you going to St. Louis because you would have been killed. And I said, Danny, that makes as much sense as anything. Because I know that when I got out of the airport and into my car, I was going to be hitting I-70 like Steve McQueen. I was so ready to be home. So it's totally feasible that, that Danny hit the nail on the head with that. It's totally feasible that that I could have been killed had my family gone to St. Louis. And that wasn't the only prophetic thing he said. He said, God talks to me sometimes. And I'm like, I'm jealous because I don't ever hear, you know, God's voice. He says, I do. And it was like the day before I left. He said, he said, God told me to tell you that don't just pray when you're in need. Pray, pray when you're, when you're feeling blessed too. He says, you're not praying enough. Pray more often. That's what he told me to tell you. Don't just come to him whenever you got a problem. You should always be going to him. And I said, what are you doing here? You are wise beyond your years. So now he says, I'm going to pray for you. And guess what? I'm praying for him. (laughs) You know, he's in my prayers now. Well, so uh, you know how it works. Somebody gets into a jam and they do what's called a foxhole prayer. Oh, yeah. And you get me out of this, and I'll go to church every Sunday, and I promise to be a better human being and love all animals and things like that. And then as you get through it and get back, you forget all about what you the promise that you made. Absolutely. Totally. And that's, that's the whole point of this is, is it's, you don't want to make a promise. It's not like you have to keep a promise, but you want to remember him every day. I mean, that's the first thing I do every morning when I get up. Mm-hmm. So, so eventually you're going to reach the day where you, you're going to get out of there. Me too. How does this kind of uh, end up? Is it just kind of like they come and get you and then you're like, this is it. And everyone realizes suddenly that you're going to be leaving. So my hearing is on a Tuesday. So it's, uh, they, they have like, remember I, I, I would have been basically a servant to the prison. So one of the jobs would have been to have been like a courier. I wouldn't have been a courier because I don't know any Spanish, but they have kids waiting up by the security gate who, you know, when something comes through the administration area, um, they they basically need a courier to go to the cell 
to grab the inmate. And so this happens that day like, I don't know, three or four times. But the first one is to come and get me, and we're going to my hearing. And so I go to the hearing. It's the same deal. I'm I'm taken to the garage and put in handcuffs and put in the paddy wagon and there's there's like four of us this time who have trial that day and we go to the courthouse. It's not far. Lights and sirens again? Not this time. Okay. Good question. I was wondering if I was going to get that, but no. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember candidly. So, uh they put me in a holding cell outside the the courtroom again. And they take me in there and there's there's a problem with the recording equipment. It's not recording. I'm supposed to have a 9 o'clock hearing, so after about 30 minutes, they come and get me and put me back in the cell. And this is interesting. I don't have a book. I don't have anything to do, and I don't know how long it's going to be. This room, I told you, Friday is a 6x6, six six. and on the floor is a seam, um, like maybe two different pores or just a, a control joint. And so there's, there's basically two panels on the floor. They're both three by six. And so I start with, uh, it's six by six. It's not a big area. It's really, really tiny. It's super tiny, six by six. And so I, I walk, and, and like a, you're walking in snow, I saw the letter A on the floor, and I walked the letter A. And then I saw the letter B on the floor, and I walked the letter B. And I went all the way through the alphabet, and then I started with the number one, and then two, and then three. I saw the number on the floor, and then I walked it. And it sounds stupid, and I imagine if you're walking down the hallway and you look in this eight-by-eight mesh window, <laughs> I'm just going crazy in there all over the place, and I, I, I must look insane. <laughs> but I get up to the number 33 when they come and get me and take me back, and, and they've got the equipment running. And so I have the hearing, and... I knew I was going to be getting out because my attorney told me what the judge said uh, before the break, that um, when I come back, we will celebrate Jonathan's liberty. said it in, in Spanish. I didn't, we didn't hear We didn't know what he, what he said, but that's what my attorney said he said, and that was, that was the sweetest sound I had heard in a very long time. Sure. <laughs> For sure. So we do the hearing, and um, you, know, you, you hear the gavel. And go back into that holding cell. Now, uh, that doesn't mean I'm released that instant. I have to go back to the uh, the penitentiary for the rest of the day to finish out the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have an overdue library book also. <laughs> That's right. Right. So you gotta, That's exactly right. And I did read Tale of Two Cities, and I read Christmas Carol, and I was about a third the way through Oliver Twist. And I, I found out that once you've read one Charles Dickens... They're pretty similar. They're all identical. <laughs> it's all the same thing, you know. The word countenance, he uses it four times in one, one page. It's like, just say face. I mean, why does it need to be countenance every time? <laughs> so I think he got paid by the page. I think that's one of the deals. But I didn't mind going back to the penitentiary because I had pesos there. Remember that I had, I had two people sending me the extortion money twice, right. 40,000 pesos. Well, I had 80,000 pesos, and by virtue of having a bunk... They only took 50,000 of it and handed me the other 30,000 pesos. I think it's really interesting that they're actually very uh, fair business people. Like, they're, they're not trying to take advantage of, like, we had a deal, so we're going to stick with the original deal. Totally. I mean, you'd have never thought I'd have walked out of there with 30,000 pesos. 
Like they gave it to me in currency, and it was it's super thick. It's like three inches thick, and I'm like, can I walk out of here with this? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And isn't it? Is that honor among thieves, David? Right. I mean, just like I said, compared to a U.S. prison, like that would no, that would be a huge problem. <laughs> So, um, actually, I, I asked my attorney, I said, you know, I've made a couple of friends in both of my cells here, and I can tell they don't have any money. Am I going to knock the, the planet out of orbit if I were to share some money with them? He said, and this is in the courtroom, I'm kind of whispering it to him. He said, I think that that would be a good thing to do, and it would probably come back um, as good karma to you. So when I did get back, I happened to... Um, be alone with these guys a couple of times and um, I was able to to pass them like 2,000 pesos each and it was just like all the money in the world to him. This is like Danny? Are we talking yeah. about Danny? Yeah, and another guy that I had met in the first cell who was basically, there's t Bible study twice a day and he was always in the, in, the, in the Word and he was always going to that and he was he knew some English and he was always asking me questions and I just kind of liked him. Like I said I liked half the guys in the first cell. Mm -hmm. They were really good. That's partly why you were reluctant to, to switch cells that's a lot of it well yeah because i knew all these guys familiarity is important i really didn't want to go in and see five fresh faces right yeah but the one fresh face you could have done without but... <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no i didn't need his face anymore and I, I knew that it would help me on the outside by virtue of being in with the big dogs, mm -hmm. right? The the most powerful people in the place. Yeah, that was a that was a smart move. Yeah, so I kind of wanted I wanted to go back. Not that thirty thousand pesos is all the money in the world, and by this time it's it's much less. But because I had been buying, one of my favorite things was was milk and Oreos. I could get Oreos and I could get leche. Mm -hmm. So it's like I I eat that like cereal when I'm at home anyway, and that was like heaven on earth to be eating oreos in a cereal bowl so now you're back you know you've got to kill time to finish out your day is this just like you're almost bouncing off the walls like you can't wait to get out of there so um harry asked me how my hearing went i wasn't gonna lie to harry i had always been square with him about everything and and he me so far as i could tell he had been square with me about everything and you know i, I i'm like asking my attorney in jail can i tell him you know that i'm i'm basically getting out tonight and he goes i wouldn't say anything but the the minute i got back harry asked me so what what happened I, how, how much longer are you here i said about 12 hours and so he didn't say anything to anybody nobody knew um and he you know there was there was no problem um the only thing was was i was they were supposed to come and get me at 10 o'clock so i could be out of there at 11 but they didn't come and get me until after midnight and so I imagine Vicky being under the understanding that I would be out by 11, and here it is midnight, and she still hasn't heard anything. I know she's freaking out, so I ask Harry to get a message to Vicky. Okay, they're just now picking me up. And he followed it up with, he'll be out in no time. Well, that's not true, because they took me to the administration office, and there was six of us leaving, and we all had to fill out a form one at a time in quadruplicate with our name and our address and then another another series of fingerprints and it ended up being like a 90 minute process it was just excruciating and i think it's by design i think everything is designed just to really torment the crap out of you mm -hmm. i really believe that i believe that i didn't walk out of that prison until two o'clock in the morning in the roughest neighborhood in cancun 
And one other guy was walking out. Well, I take that back. There was three other guys, but they were all together walking out with, no, two. And we were all three walking out at the exact same time. And the other two were together. And they had like a, a family of people waiting out there with cameras. And I don't even know how long they'd been in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they were they were really happy and they were rejoicing and taking pictures and hugging and kissing and all these things. And I'm standing there looking in every direction from from Miguel who as part of his service is there to pick me up and there's no Miguel and I'm I'm like freaking out I'm freaking out a little bit I see a payphone and I I can't even imagine how to use a Mexican payphone I did have some metallic pesos with me and I may have been able to figure it out but I wasn't sure what to do I was thinking about okay do I go back to the door of the penitentiary and just fall you know sit next to it until light comes up and then maybe regroup but after a couple of minutes, frankly, of Miguel tormenting me from his car, decides to get out and walk up, and, and I, I see somebody walking towards me, and I'm praying it's Miguel. And it was. And so... Um, so he was just waiting in his car? Yeah, just <laughs> being a dick, I think. I believe. So we get in the car. I mean, he's just tormenting me, I guess. So we get in the car, and I'm like, let's text Vicky that I'm out. And he's like, well, let's, let's wait a minute here. And I'm like, I'd really like to text her now. We stop by his house. I'm like, what in the world? He gets out and goes inside his house. And I'm locking the doors on the car. I'm like looking in all directions. What is going on here? This is not right. I was wanting to be back to the hotel. He's, he's trying to let you savor this, this moment. <laughs> Come to find out, that's where my passport was. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was a, it was a necessary stop. Plus, he needed to go to the bathroom because he had been sitting outside the penitentiary for like three hours waiting for me to walk out. So we get back to the Renaissance, and Vicky and Jack come downstairs and meet us in the in the um, drop-off area there and uh, visit with Miguel for a while. And he's gonna he's familiar with Ozark, and he's he's got a wife who's American, and um, she's in Texas, and he's gonna open a practice there. And he that day he got his green card or whatever, and so says he's coming up here. Um, we go up to the room, and I told him, don't book a flight until you see me. Don't book a flight. Do not jinx me here. Right. The minute you book a flight, I'm going to be stuck in there some more. So I immediately, well, my sister wants, my sister's just bawling, so she'd been worried. So I get on the phone with Lori and and uh, settle her down. And then I go on Expedia, and there's, this is this is like 2.33 o'clock in the morning Thursday now, and I think it's February 2. And so I'm booking flights, 329, that same Frontier flight leaves leaves Cancun. So I'm going to try it again. <laughs> Three of us. I don't care about the flights that Vicky and Jack already have. I relinquished mine by virtue of being arrested, but theirs are still good. But I don't care. I just want three flights, you know, and, and, and the luggage and everything. Another $1,500. <laughs> and... Um, I get through security. This time, the bag goes through. It, they didn't even slow down the conveyor. It just went through. And uh, it was like they didn't even look at it practically. So you pro- I don't know if you've ever been to Cancun Airport. You get through security, mm-hmm. and now you're in a duty-free area, a shopping area, and then it puts you out into the gates and the terminals. And, and you, there, you walk down a long corridor, and then there's a T. You can go left. You can go right. And we always fly out from the right, actually downstairs usually. And... Um, as soon as I take that right, I see two na- National Guardsmen, and I look at the name tag on the first one, 
and I can't remember what his name was. Oh, Jack's probably going crazy when he hears this. Uh, but I recognize the name, like Estrada, let's say. And I look him in the eyes, and he's wearing a mask, and I, I recognize him. And I smile, and I see him smiling behind his mask, and, and we fist bump as we meet in oh, the corner. <laughs> and then I turn around, I'm like, I can't believe it. I know him. He was cool. He was one of the cool ones. Right. And I turn around and look at him, and Jack's turning around, and Vicky's turning around as we're walking away from each other, and they're both turning around looking at us. And I'm heading down to the gate, and uh, life is good. And Mr. Estrada said, <clears throat> as Jer and his family walked off to get on their plane, <laughs> That's one lucky mofo. <laughs> <laughs> they did call me Funny Gringo. Funny Gringo. Funny Gringo was, was one of my nicknames in there. Well, Funny Gringo, it's good to have mm-hmm. you back it's on good U.S. To be soil, back. brother. Thank you for let me, um, uh, listening. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, any opportunity to get the family all sitting down? And does everybody need to? And I think I might have asked you this before. You did. Did kind of debrief a little bit? or? Um, you know, there were certain things they didn't want me to talk about and they were worried that I would Uh, stuff that I'm not going to talk about because, you know, and, and it got a little touch and go. Um, when we were having that discussion, you know, Jack was like, don't be saying this, you know, the Mexican cartels here too. Yeah. You know, so, um, other than that, we're praying as a family twice a day. I mean, Vicky and Jack have always prayed and I've kind of listened in, but now I'm, I'm there praying with them. That's that's one significant. Are you the new change. spiritual leader of your home? <laughs> no, that's Vicky. Oh. <laughs> Vicky's yeah. Vicky's the mother of the century. She's she's got, you know, Jack. The hell Jack they, and, and, and we never even got. And, and I know Vicky and Jack won't want to come on and discuss their role in all of this. But the worst part of it all is just sitting there, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had it worse the hell than that I they did. Had to go through. Yeah, my my family had it worse than I did. I believe. Well, they, gee whiz, um, <laughs> I been one of those interesting interviews that I'll always remember, you know, one of those places where you uh, know where you were and you know what you were talking about mm-hmm. and you know what was going on when somebody says, uh, you know, February the uh, the 3rd or February the 7th, I'm going to know exactly where I was between uh, 8 and 10 both days talking with you and Dave, and I'm glad uh, Dave was here and certainly glad that you're here and uh, to all the people that have supported you and come through for you, God bless all of those wonderful people, love you all, and uh, We'll just give you some downtime. Maybe, uh, maybe the one thing that I would encourage people to do is, is I know everybody wants to hear the story and everybody wants to get to CJR and welcome him home. Give him a little room. Give him some time. And when he's ready, you know. I would like for people to come out to Encore tonight at yeah. 530. Okay. Um, and, and we can we can have, I think there might even be um, a table for the three of us if, if people have any questions. And, and frankly, after tonight, I just soon... Um, not talk about it anymore. Yeah, let's just get it all It'd out. Be nice. Right? Yeah, work the room. Maybe what we'll do is we'll just uh, corner off part of the room and let people come. And I, I, I think everybody is just they want to see you. They want to actually be able to reach over and, <laughs> and touch you like that and and know that you're actually in the good old U.S. of A. I appreciate you, Kevin and David, and I appreciate the time. And thank you so much for all of this. Our pleasure. Absolutely, sir. One hundred percent. Nine thirty-three. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll. Uh, I guess if folks want to call in and talk, you're more than welcome to do that. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. The Key Radio Community Hotline will be open if you'd like to, uh, maybe reflect on a little bit of what you've heard here on the third and on the seventh. And uh, yes, sir. One more piece of advice. Yes. Um, if you're going to um, go to Oktoberfest with the Kamish. Watch out for your cornhole, bud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the main lesson. <laughs> A lesson well learned. 
and well taken. Our media partners, LakeExpo.com and Lake TV, have got some information they'd like to hear more about. We'll do that and come back with uh, all of it after this on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 7th. Two women were injured Friday in a crash on Highway 54. 31-year-old Kelsey Kelly was driving when the vehicle crossed the center line and sideswiped a vehicle driven by 52-year-old Joyce Thornton. The Sonata skidded off the right side of the road and hit a guardrail, and the Taurus skidded off the right side of the road. Kelly sustained serious injuries. Thornton sustained moderate injuries. Both women were transported by EMS to Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted unanimously to support a resolution in the state Senate to allow a casino on the Osage River. The Resolution Senate Joint Resolution Number 14 represents the first step to allow a casino on the Osage River. The resolution would add the possibility of an additional casino license to the ballot during the next general election. Mayor Newberry is speaking in Jefferson City today in support of the resolution ahead of a Senate vote. With more wind turbines dotting the landscape, the threat to eagles and other birds is an increasing concern. Birds have been hurt and killed after encountering wind turbines. Missouri Conservation has started a new project to try and protect these raptors by tracking their movements in relation to wide energy, wind energy. For more information about the project and more about eagles, you can go to ndc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got a ton of high school basketball for you tonight, including a big game on Lake TV. Eldon entertains Blair Oaks in a big Tri-County Conference game. You can see it tonight on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show, uh, coming right before tip-off. That'll be right around 7.30 on Lake TV. Eldon home to Blair Oaks tonight. Also this evening, 15-5, and five, uh, Versailles on the road to play 15 and 5 Hallsville. They'll tip that off about 8. Ought to be a great game. 9 and 10 Osage at home tonight against Southern Boone, a big conference game, and 11 and 9 Camdenton on the road tonight to play Hillcrest. That'll be a tough game for the Lakers there, having a pretty good season all in all. College basketball tonight, Mizzou back in action at home against South Carolina. The Tigers having a really strong season there, 17 and 6. 
probably a uh, shoe-in to make the NCAA tournament at this point. So uh, need to beat South Carolina tonight. MSU Bears are 12-12. and They'll play tomorrow night at home against Belmont. Super Bowl week got off and running last night with the Super Bowl opening night as the Chiefs and uh, Eagles took on the media and started talking about the big game on Sunday. Philadelphia, a slight favorite to win that. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, including the high school basketball coaches show this week, featuring Hall of Fame coach from Osage, Coach Craig Engelbrecht. You can see the high school basketball coaches show on Lake TV every day at 10.02. 202 and 602 only on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Did God create us to have free will, or are all our choices predetermined? Are we just pawns in a cosmic game, or do our thoughts and actions matter? It's one of those questions we have regarding an all-powerful God. To answer it, I'll quote one of my favorite passages from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you might thrive. We're not just playthings for God's entertainment. He wants us to understand the choices before us and to decide to follow him for our own well-being. The question is what believers ought to believe. The world wants to tell us we're victims, that the difficulties we face are because of how we were raised or because of our social status. These may be good excuses, but they don't help us live life to the full. God gives us infinite choices. Choose purposefully. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. It's Eldon versus School of the Osage in basketball. The Lake Area Chamber of Commerce, along with the School of the Osage, are proud to partner together once again to host a Winter School of the Osage Community Night on Thursday, February 16, 2023. There will be back-to-back games all at the high school, Varsity Girls at 6 p.m. and Varsity Boys at 7.30 p.m. As part of the event, Lake Area Chamber members are invited to set up a tabletop booth to welcome the community and promote your business at the same time. Contact the Lake Area Chamber today to register your business. Phone 573-964-1008 or email info at lakeareachamber.com. 
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key, The Key. All right, folks, at 942, we are certainly glad to have you back with us. What a uh, what an amazing tale from our friend J.R. <laughs> and uh, I almost think there's probably a book or a movie in there somewhere, but, uh, you know, folks, it's it's one of those things. You just have to be prepared for life because you never know what it's going to throw at you. And uh, obviously this was something that wasn't J.R.'s doing, not intentionally anyway. And so he is, uh, he's hoping folks will come out to the Encore tonight, 530, and give everyone an opportunity to uh, talk with him and welcome him home. And as he had asked, I, I think after that, you know, sometimes people just need the opportunity to be alone, or be, not necessarily be alone, but maybe be left alone. Hmm. Uh... Yeah, I, I I know it was a good ending as Jr. was sitting across from you. Yeah, and and it was, you know. It uh, it's something that I'm sure no one. It, it's one thing to get arrested. It's another thing to be arrested in another country. Because obviously you are not at all accustomed to what they do and how they handle things. And uh, of course, I think a lot of people would agree that. Uh, the good Lord was with J.R. Through, throughout the entire experience. A very humbling experience for a lot of different reasons because you don't know what you're going to deal with. And, of course, in any prison, be it here, be it in Mexico or in other places, you're going to have people that are out to do you harm. And it was very fortunate that things worked out as well as they did for J.R. Again, I can't even imagine what his wife and his son were going through. And uh, knowing them both very well, I can only imagine how gut-wrenching and, uh, and, and, and it was one of those almost where you just, it, it feels like somebody's ripping out your heart because you're sitting there doing anything and everything you possibly can. But uh, to his credit, to JR's credit, uh, he had a lot of us back here in the States on his side and a lot of people that uh, were willing to do whatever it took to make sure that uh, he got out of that situation. And so I'm very fortunate to be able to call him a friend and have known him for all the years that I've known him and all the wonderful things that he's done. He, J.R. is genuinely a good person. He very is, 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 is got a big heart. I will tell you that I know he's helped me out on numerous occasions. He has helped me with what I'm going through right now, as a matter of fact. And uh, I used to joke considerably about JR's auto corral, but uh, there are vehicles that I've had that you've seen me driving around that I got directly from that man because of his generosity, and he wasn't necessarily concerned about what I was able to pay. He knew I needed a vehicle, and he helped me out. And uh, I will always be grateful to him for all the things that he has done and that his family has done and the support that he has given me over the years. And I think that uh, it was just one of those things where he's helped out so many people that uh, that kind of led to, obviously, people wanting to help him out as well. 9.45. We've got a big big show for you tomorrow. Actually, I want to do a couple of things uh, tomorrow. 
We'll talk with Les Larson from the Camden County Republican Club. We'll also, I've been trying to get to Bradley Bergen here. I'm going to see if I can get Brad on tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Brad has uh, accepted a new position with Lake Cab. He is their executive director. If you're not familiar where it's located, it's uh, on the side of the uh, probation and parole office there in Camdenton. And they have uh, enlisted him as their executive director. And he's still very heavily involved with, of course, Encompassed Purpose, the mission that he and his wife started. And the goal is to uh, to help people. And it really doesn't make any difference what kind of help you need. If you need help of some kind, they are going to be helping people out. And... Uh, That's what we need more of, I think. If we can work together as a community to help our friends in need, friends in need, friends indeed, of course they are. But for all of you who have been through an experience that uh, has changed your life, and, and, and maybe it doesn't even necessarily take that. I mean, I think uh, a lot of this is based on the fact that, you know what, when we hear stories like this, when we hear about people who have been in certain situations, maybe that is a call to us to answer that call and to help out wherever we can and whenever we can. And it doesn't necessarily mean just monetarily. Volunteer your time. So often groups and organizations are shorthanded because they just don't have enough people. They can't pay you, but they would certainly be happy to have you on as a volunteer and the relationships that you make with people in that group and or relationships that you make with people that you reach out to help can be lifelong. So again, I thank you for joining us uh, this morning and of course on Friday morning as well when we had the opportunity to, uh, to reach out and, uh, and begin this journey, this conversation with J.R., Also on the program uh, tomorrow, we will definitely have our good friend, the True History Professor Jim Paisley. And I don't know if I've received Jim's notes yet for what he's going to be talking about tomorrow. Jim, if you're listening, feel free to give me a call this morning and tell us, 573-633-5395. Or any of you out there, we've got about 12 minutes left in the program. And if you have any thoughts or anything you'd like to share based on uh, what you've heard this morning, or maybe back again on Friday... Give us a call this morning. Community radio, that's what we are and that's what we do. And that's certainly the way that uh, we like to uh, frame ourselves, talking about things going on in our community. Truly is an amazing place that we live. And it's not always about all the bad things that go on either. There are a lot of good things that go on here at the Lake of the Ozarks. That's why people come to uh, enjoy it. It's their their playground. For us, it's a playground that we live in. And obviously, it's not always a playground. There are things that happen for one reason or another. We go through our daily lives. We encounter the trials, the tribulations, the hardships. But know that there are always people out there to help you. Understand and realize that you're never, ever alone. 
sometimes the help doesn't always find you. You have to find the help. And when you do, I hope that uh, things work out. I certainly do. We did have a little hiccup in our video for some reason this morning. And that may be because this uh, computer is getting to a point where it uh, it's getting full. I do have an external hard drive. But I apologize for losing the video feed at the bottom of the hour. We're up and running now again. If you go to my Facebook page, you can check out the live stream. The SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. Always here to let you see what's happening in our studio. Courtesy of the good folks at SRG Financial Advisors. I've been fortunate enough to have some wonderful people in my life. Bill and Janice Lacasse are two of those many people, along with their staff here. And these folks are pretty amazing as to what they have allowed me to do in order to bring you what is happening in our community. So if you uh, see Bill or Janice or Christopher or Kara or Aubrey or Dan, give them a high five. Tell them. KB says, uh, you're a wonderful person. And I am very thankful as well. 9.51 is our time. I, I, I don't know where you go after something like that to discuss just your general topics of the day. I think that uh, a, a, large, a large part of what we've heard uh, just kind of overshadows everything else. Well, maybe there is a little bit of an interesting story here. Of course, we know that uh, recreational marijuana went up for sale for the first time on uh, Friday. And here in the good old state of Missouri, where it is legal medically and legal recreationally, Missouri marijuana users spent more than $12 million during the first weekend of legal sales. $12 million. Something that I thought about, and, and I don't know if this is even relatable to what is going on here, but, you know, when we talk about people with a gambling problem or we talk about somebody with an alcohol problem, has anyone ever thought about the fact that there might obviously be people out there with drug problems. And I don't know if, and I really didn't hear that side of the conversation much at all when they were talking about legalizing recreational marijuana. I didn't really hear anybody say, well, you know, there might be people out there who would be more willing to go down to the dispensary and buy some, uh, buy some weed as opposed to pay a bill because now it's legal. Well, it's legal for certain people, not for everyone, and there are some rules and regulations that surround it. And it looks like various entities in the state will be trying to tax the daylights out of it to get their fair share to do whatever they're going to do with it. And we talked about that yesterday with David Stokes in terms of how is some of this marijuana money going to be used. Well, we know that certain cities, certain counties have pet projects, some things that already exist, and certainly some things that uh, they're looking at in terms of maybe a Christmas wish list that uh, taxing 
marijuana on top of what it's already being taxed, and in some cases as much as 20% is going to uh, maybe help some of these communities out. Now, we did hear where I believe it's the city of Independence is going to use that money to build a police station. And here in Camden County, the discussion has essentially been on roads and bridges. And it is, in in David Stokes' opinion, he said, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. But I would imagine that money would go a long way to roads and bridges in Camden County because it's something that seems to be talked about no matter who is on the commission. It's uh, always going to be an ongoing problem as long as you have roads, as long as you have bridges, the need to maintain them, and certainly the need to um, maybe reach out and create some more. But how fast do you do that? What is a timetable that could be put in place to possibly create more roads, or do you want to see all of the roads that we already have in place, those roads that already exist, do you want to see those get fixed first and then create uh, maybe some new roads in areas where they definitely need them? Plenty of bridges that need to be repaired because it always seems like uh, at least once a year we have a good gully washer. And if it doesn't get uh, the bridge near your low water crossing this time around, it might get it next time. So how do you structure all of that? Well, the person to ask is going to be in the studio with me on Friday morning. His name is Ike Skelton, and he is a presiding commissioner of Camden County. So we'll talk a little bit with Ike about the use of any uh, any tax that Camden, uh, tax money Camden County would receive from marijuana and what they plan on doing with it, and how do you sit down and structure that? Well... That is a big task, and that is something that I campaigned on. We know that. Back to marijuana. And as I said earlier, I I really didn't hear any of the advocates coming out and saying, well, uh, now we might create a bigger problem. One of the things that I immediately thought of is if they're going to tax the daylights out of it, that it would drive people back to buying weed from their dealers or whoever they were getting it from in the past because maybe it's a little cheaper there, but... The first weekend of legal Missouri marijuana sales were higher than expected as customers spent more than $12 million on adult use sales. Our industry was adamant that we would be ready on day one to deliver for Missourians, but I never would have imagined this type of reception. Andrew Mullins, Missouri Cannabis Trade Association Executive Director, stated in a news release, to have sold more on opening day than Illinois is quite astounding. These opening weekend sales numbers are a testament to what a great program the Missouri Department of Health has run, as well as the level of excitement we see from Missourians about cannabis legalization. The best is yet to come. The trade group's news release states dispensaries sold more than $5 million worth of cannabis on Friday, the first day for adult recreational use sales in Missouri. Friday's open day came about suddenly after finalized rules by the Missouri Department of Health and Human Services. Most of the weekend's total sales figures were driven by adult use buyers, with $8.5 million in sales, according to the news release. The first day of adult use sales came 87 days after Missouri voters approved marijuana legalization in the state, among the fastest implementation of adult use in the country. Now, the only thing that I'm going to tell you about this is essentially wait for the other shoe to drop. Because as you know, 
there were uh, some 35-plus pages of legislation with this, and it was a constitutional amendment. And it, I think it woke a lot of people up as far as the Missouri State Constitution is concerned in the sense that it made people aware that the ability to change the Constitution may not be something that we always want to go to. That should not be our go-to because in some instances there are people who want certain things taken out of it. And that in itself is obviously going to be quite the uphill battle. So I don't know how people feel. I don't know what people want. I don't know what uh, what is going on. But I think that is something that essentially they were trying to get across to people or make it even a little harder for that to happen for future reference. And uh, people say, well, we'll just change the Constitution. Well, can you do that? Well, apparently you can. But as is the case with a lot of this stuff, folks, I'm just going to say wait for the other shoe to drop because while everybody is enjoying recreational marijuana, they certainly are, there are definitely uh, instances where some other things are going to happen as a result of this. And as implementation becomes more uh, available as we work our way down the road, I think people are going to realize some of the other things that come with this particular constitutional amendment. 959, Les Larson on the program tomorrow, as well as Professor Jim Paisley. Thursday, Mindy Sales, Danny Ellison, Chris Coulter. Friday, we will talk it over with Ike Skelton, the presiding commissioner of Camden County, and Dave Maupin will be back in his usual role to take us on our journey among the dogwoods. I thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of the problem, uh, problem program. <laughs> 89.3 KEYK.